My name is Gabrielle Barnes from the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled at the Library of Congress. I'm here with Dominic Spinelli, who heads our collection development section, and today we'd like to talk about the collection of accessible reading materials that we have at NLS. Hi, Dominic. Hi, Gabrielle. <laughs> Dominic, can you tell us about NLS, who the patrons are, and what you specifically do for them in collection development? Yes, uh, as many ACB members know, NLS is a free library service at the Library of Congress for people with temporary or permanent low vision, blindness, or uh, physical or reading disability that prevents them from reading or holding printed page. Uh, NLS offers books, magazines, and music materials in audio and braille formats. Uh, and as the head of the collection development section, I work with a team of librarians that selects this material for NLS to require. Awesome. So what makes uh, NLS books and the NLS service different from a commercial audiobook service that you might find online? Uh, NLS is really more of a library service than a commercial audiobook service or something comparable to that. Uh, as you already talked about, we, we produce uh, material in Braille and narrated audio format. Uh, these are resources that that many of our patrons wouldn't be able to find in other, from other sources. Uh, the collection development section, librarians uh, select the titles for our collection that are of particular interest to the NLS readers. So this includes everything from the, the newest bestsellers to much read classics. Uh, we have titles of special interest to individuals with disabilities or titles by disabled authors. Uh, we have titles that, that appeal to the, um, to the entire nation of readers beyond uh, just local special interests that they might find at their local library. And our network of state and local libraries that we work with provide these services uh, through reader advisors that help these patrons find materials, make book recommendations, and they assist our patrons with using the BARD mobile app to discover these resources. Awesome. So is the NLS collection more similar to a school library or a public library? The collection is meant to be uh, more like a public library collection. It contains fiction and uh, general interest nonfiction titles for um, for our audience levels through uh, from young readers through adults. So we have adult books and children's books. We have books on disability. We have uh, titles in foreign languages. We provide magazines. We have uh, music instruction and music appreciation titles. The list goes on and on. Wow. So can you tell me more about how you choose a title? Like what would make a book perfect for NLS? Sure. That's a good question. So uh, the collection development section makes its determinations for a book selection based on multiple factors, uh, primarily uh, the reviews of professional magazines. Um, we reference bookseller, a bestseller list. We reference um, other resources used by the library world and by the book world to uh, to put together our selections. Um, the librarians in collection development have many years of, of collection development experience, and uh, we pay attention to the to patron requests, network library requests, uh, to the usage of our material, and to general tr uh, trends within the library world. The goal is always to uh, build a collection that represents 
both the recreational and informational needs of all ages and backgrounds across the nation. Uh, so example of this could be um, you know, a couple of titles that we have added to our collection in the last few years. Uh, the first is the well-reviewed Ibram X. Kendi book, Stamped from the Beginning. Uh, this is a nonfiction social sciences book intended for adult readers that NLS added a few years ago. And then this year, we added the young readers adaptation of this book titled Stamped, Racism, Anti-Racism, anti and You. There's a lot of buzz about this title in the book world, and it was co-authored by Jason Reynolds, who is also the Library of Congress's National Ambassador for Young People's Literature. So it's exciting for us to be able to share both of these titles with our patrons that can reach across age levels since they're all they're both on so many uh, popular reading lists at the moment. Wow. So you have bestsellers like that. Um, I know the Young Readers version came out in March, so we have it in the collection already. That means we kind of get things pretty quickly. Yeah, we do. Um, we're always working as much as possible ahead of time to to be prepared to add uh, titles to the collection as quickly as possible. Um, you know, the goal is to add titles as close to publication date as we can. So can patrons request that a specific title be added to the collection if they know of a book that's coming that they'd like to read? Uh, yeah, this can be done through their local libraries. So we encourage patrons to share their suggestions for title selection with their local librarians, um, their local reader advisors. Uh, those local librarians and reader advisors might choose to um, to produce the, these library books on site, uh, or they might uh, share the suggestion with NLS uh, through collection development committees and advisory groups. Um, and we can choose to add those titles if they're fitting to the nationwide collection. Okay. That sounds great. So there are some libraries that actually create um, books of a more of a regional interest then. Yes, that's true. So NLS tries to uh, stick more to the broad nationwide general interests and cover as many, as many broad interests as we can. Uh, but a lot of the local libraries do a really great job of filling in some of that more specific regional interest for their patrons. So it sounds like NLS has a vast library collection, but what if the patrons want to get the bestsellers right away? Like, you know, they don't want to wait. How does NLS keep up with the paid services um, that have the newest titles that readers want? Sure. So first off, we have agreements with several major publishers to receive their commercial audio uh, for the titles that we, that we want to add to our collection. Um, this gives us a faster production, uh, similar to some commercial audio vendors. Uh, so for example, if a comedian or a celebrity is reading their own audiobook, that's of course the version that we want to have because that's what's gonna be talked about out in the world. Uh, and we want our patrons to have that same experience. Um, commercial audio still has to go through the NLS production process. Um, so but they come out much closer to the production date than if we were to have them narrated ourselves because um, we're able to start with an existing audio track. Uh, so many of bestseller lists fall in this category and it also gives us then the freedom to uh, do more um, specific collection uh, building with the narrated 
titles that we do outside of the commercial audio. Can you expound on that? Tell me a little bit more about how having that commercial audio impacts the way that you put your collection together. Yeah, so because we have the commercial audio, we have the ability to focus on producing other books that publishers just wouldn't ever make in accessible formats. Uh, there's several examples of these, things like gardening books and cookbooks. Um, those are things that publishers just aren't going to produce as an audio book. So uh, we have the, the ability to uh, produce those as narrated books for our collection. It's one thing that differentiates us from other audiobook vendors and uh, other public libraries is this, this um, purposeful approach to provide accessibility to resources that wouldn't otherwise be available to our readers. So when you select a title to add to the collection, um, is your work done then? Do you hand it off to somebody else once we've you know, said, hey, we like this title? No, definitely not. Uh, so speaking just from this perspective of my team, collection development section. Uh, so yes, we, we start with selecting the titles, but then there is a lot to be done from that point. Uh, we, we look at the titles that we've selected and, and decide whether this should be produced as Braille or audio or possibly in both formats. Um, this is based on, uh, again, if, uh, you know, what the, what the interests of our readers are, um, how the popularity that we predict the title to have, there's a lot of factors that uh, come into play there. Uh, we also select whether these are going to be barred only, meaning that they will be available in our um, online catalog, but not be, uh, not be produced in cartridge form. Um, so that's dependent, again, on the expected popularity of a title, but also sometimes simply just on the length of the book. It, it's, it doesn't make sense to put a, a really short book on cartridge. So a lot of those uh, novella type material we would put up as barred only. Uh, we look at the, the book metadata um, and gather all that information, which kicks off the production process before, before it moves um, from the collection development team into our um, cataloging team and into further production line. And then we also, my team is responsible for annotating the titles that we select. Um, and this means you know, writing a, a short descriptor that goes along with all the collective book information. Um, this is what makes the titles more discoverable within our catalog um, and easier to browse for our readers because they're able to listen to, to uh, a quick synopsis of what the book might, is about. Okay, so those um, annotations are what I would see when I go into um, the Bard mobile app uh, when I'm selecting a book or if I'm looking at the catalog on uh, the NLS website. Correct. That's where you find both the uh, book information that I'm referring to as the metadata and the annotations that my team writes. Cool. So let's take a minute. Can you share any information about exciting projects that you're currently working on or maybe future plans for the NLS collection? 
Yeah, so there's actually a lot that, um, that we're really excited about right now. So one of these is a, is a huge uh, occurrence for us, which is uh, you know, the result of the current pandemic situation across the nation. Uh, during this pandemic time, we had to, to establish an entirely new workflow for, for book production. Uh, so a little kind of behind the scenes snippet into the book production at NLS. Uh, in, the, in the past, we have typically used uh, printed books as our source material. That's what's used to create both the, uh, the Braille version and the narrated version that ends up being added to our collection. Uh, that's not really something that's feasible for us at this time because of the pandemic. So we had to determine how to move forward with production because we didn't want to stop providing new books to our patrons. Uh, the result of that is we've established a workflow that allows us to utilize eBooks as a source material. Uh, so instead of using printed books from the get-go, we are starting with, with eBooks uh, that get uh, used through the production line, the same as a printed book would. Um, it sounds really simple, but that that involved changing up a lot of factors of our of our production, uh, and unfortunately, we were able to make that work. So we are still producing material uh, and adding new material to our collection. So this has opened up some other opportunities for us that we're really excited about. Um, one of those is that now we're able to produce some books that we didn't have the ability to produce in the past, specifically books that come out only in ebook format. Um, examples of these are, are uh, standalone novellas or novellas that are part of many popular series. They're often referred to as, um, as 0.5 novels. Uh, those are um, things that we typically wouldn't have been able to include in our collection because they were only provided in ebook format and we didn't have a process to produce those. Now we're able to fill in some of our series with, with uh, some of those more expansive novellas. Uh, and that's really exciting for us, particularly for the high interest um, authors and, and series that, that our patrons are reading. Wow. Um, another possibility that this has presented is producing some of um, some uh, classics or, or otherwise um, hard to find material that might be out of print. If we're able to, if we're not able to find a printed version, but we are able to find an ebook version, then we can now use that as, as the starting point to produce the NLS copy. That's really interesting. So um, do you have any um, projects that maybe you were starting before the pandemic that you're continuing now? Yes. Uh, yeah, we're still staying on goal with a lot of these projects. Um, one example of the, that is uh, producing um, juvenile titles as both contracted and uncontracted Braille. That's something that's relatively new for us. Previously, we had, um, we had put them out as one or the other format. And now we are, uh, we are selecting several juvenile or young reader titles that get produced as a combined, uh, a combined version with both contracted Braille and uncontracted Braille. 
this will hopefully aid discoverability in our catalog, be less confusing for readers who are browsing the collection, but also we're hoping it'll aid in uh, Braille literacy development for our readers. Um, we have other plans with the collection that we are um, laying groundwork for, I guess I could say. Uh, one of those is to increase the rate of books selected for Braille production. Uh, this is a, a long-term goal for us. Um, uh, we, you know, we're, we're very committed that we really want to expand on our Braille collection. Uh, this is something, again, that, that um, we have the, the ability to do uh, partially because we have so many commercial audio titles that we're able to get from, um, from publishers that we work with. Now we can put some of our uh, production line towards additional Braille titles. Um, we also have plans to add more um, non-English material to the collection. Um, we're particularly thinking Spanish language books, though we definitely want to expand beyond that. Um, we have we have patrons who speak several different languages, and and we we want to make sure that our collection has uh, has material in languages that represent uh, all of our patrons. So. We're doing that through the standard collection development that um, process, that standard collection development process that I previously described, but we're also doing that through participation in the Marrakesh Agreement, in which we are um, we have the opportunity to uh, to obtain um, accessible versions of books produced in other countries from uh, other organizations around the world that are similar to to NLS. Well, that sounds like, um, you know, really interesting um, options for people who are reading in different languages. Um, can you tell me something maybe that you're reading now? Some fun quarantine titles that you might be looking at while you're at home. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, so this is always a little snippet into someone's um, mindset, right? So uh, I, I'm... Um, I'm particularly interested in in languages and in cooking, and you know, cooking is certainly on my mind during quarantine time. Uh, <laughs> we've been doing a lot of cooking in from home, so uh, I picked a couple of titles that that I've got on my list right now that um, that are really great for just um, jumping in and getting selections because they're uh, each chapter is a you know is its own little snippet of a story. Uh, so the first one is titled Lingo, and that is um, a, a linguistic analysis of, of European languages and the history of language development. Uh, it's, I, like I said, I'm interested in language study, um, and this is something that appealed to me, and, and it's a really fun novel to, to jump in on um, for a, you know, a, a brief period of time and learn a little bit from each chapter. Um, the other one that I pulled out is uh, The Best American Food Writing from 2019. Uh, this is a collection of, um, of essays from several different publications about restaurants and, and food. And uh, this is something that you know, is, is really unique to our collection because this is an example of, of uh, a title that wouldn't be produced by um, 
as a commercial audiobook. This is something that we have in Bard as, as narrated audio and uh, wouldn't otherwise be available in an accessible format. So both of those are titles that are in Bard. Cool. I think on my end, I'm reading a lot about food as well. I um, I was reading um, Food, A Love Story by Jim Gaffigan, which is really a comedy book, but you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that really just shows um, there are books for any um, any kind of interest that, that our patrons might have. It's true. Yes. There we, we cover as uh, a really broad spectrum of, of interest. Great. Great. So if there's anyone who's listening, whether they're a patron or not, um, and they want to see what titles we have, where can they search our collection? Sure. So they could go to our website at www.loc.gov slash NLS and follow the link to search the catalog. Uh, this is where they can they can browse our collection. Uh, so whether or not they are a patron, they'd be able to see what's in the collection. Okay, so they can search maybe by the title or any any genres or um, by authors, things like that. Yeah, so they could search by um, by keyword, by title, by author, by genre. There's several ways to dive in, just like you'd find with with your local public library. Awesome. That sounds really simple to use. So for people who are not NLS patrons yet or who may have previously been active patrons and have, you know, over the years not used the service as much, how can they sign up or get in contact with their local library? Uh, they could uh, they could visit the web address www.loc.gov slash that all may read. That's um, that's the NLS website that'll uh, link them to the online form to request enrollment information. Uh, alternatively, they could call 1-888-NLS-READ, which is 1-888-657-7323. Uh, through this phone number, they'd be directed to their local cooperating library in their area, uh, which they could follow through for enrollment. Okay, that's that's simple enough again. So you can just go to the website, um, loc.gov forward slash that all may read, or they can call us and I'll uh, give that number again. That's one eight 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 nls read which is one 657 7323 This has been really awesome. Um, I just want to go back and, you know, make note of a couple of things that you said. So, you know, want to make sure that patrons know that um, we have the titles that they are looking for, these uh, commercial audio titles. Um, we have uh, the versions that they would be paying for on other, you know, subscription services. Um, and at the same time, we have the, you know, accessibility and aid of the library service um, with those reader advisors and other um, services from our local uh, network libraries. Um, yeah, correct. That's a that's a really great way of summarizing. And you know, and I, I talked a lot about uh, a lot about books right now, um, but I, I want to again highlight that this is 
uh, a collection that, that provides more than just books. We've got books, we've got magazines, and we've got um, music materials to support uh, interest from you know from all of our readers. So I you know I encourage them to to go to our website to go to the catalog to check things out, and you know if they've got uh, if they see a gap if they've got a title suggestion to work with their local library to make those recommendations. Dominic, we really appreciate you talking with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. If you're interested in hearing more about NLS services and collections, listen in for our conversations about our Braille e-reader project with Tamara Rory, about NLS's work on creating accessible books with Alice O'Reilly, and updates to the BARD mobile app and BARD Express with Don Olson. Be sure to follow the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled on Facebook.